message titled, The Love That Constrains. The Love That Constrains. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you speak tonight. Encourage our hearts to stay in love. In love with you and in love with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible tells us, For the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Love is the greatest force on earth, especially when we're talking about the love of Jesus. This is the love that constrains, holds us back from saying and doing things that shouldn't be done. It is the same love that compels us, like Paul says, to do things that are not Convenient things that are not comfortable. The love that will make you give, even when it's difficult to give. This is the love that we're talking about. Paul says, even though it's difficult, we are compelled by the love of Christ to do things that sometimes are not convenient. And so we talk about the love of Christ tonight. Jesus said a lot of searching things concerning love. And he said things concerning love that can place a man, that can place where your heart is. John chapter 14, verse 23 and 24, Jesus said this. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. If you love me, he who loves me, if anyone loves me, He will keep my word. That places you. That says if you are not keeping his word, regardless of what you say, you may not truly have his love in you. This is what places a man. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. So when you love God, you love Jesus, you're keeping his word, God, the Father, will love you. But more than that, he said, he will come and make his home. The Father and Jesus will make their home with you. Jesus and the Father making their home with you. Basically, he becomes a member of your family. That's what he's saying. 
he comes into your home and your home becomes his dwelling place. That's where Jesus lives. That's his address. That's the Father's address. Only if you love him. And you're keeping his word. Keeping his word means you love him. And if you keep his word, the Father will love you. And then your home becomes their home. Now think about this. If Jesus is living in your home, for sure. And the Father is living in your home, for sure. That's a protected home. Nothing evil can come into that home. But they can only live comfortably in that home if love, the love of Jesus is ruling in that home. That's the only way they will be there. Think about this. Every bill is going to be paid. Jesus is not going to live in a home where the bills cannot be paid. He'll take care of you. That's his home. That's his address. He's not going to have the air conditioner and the electric bill and he says, I can't do anything about you. You pay, pay it. He lives with you. Now, think about the word of Jesus. If you love me, you, you keep my word. I, and you know he can't lie. He and his father will come and make their home with you. He becomes a part of your family. And he's not coming to be a part of your family where you are in charge. He's in charge. The one in charge pays the bills. He's going to pay the bills. But more than that, think about what influence that will be for your children. Growing in a home where the father lives and Jesus is living. Think about what will be happening in that home. That's how important this is, keeping his words. A lot of Christians talk about, you know, loving Jesus. I love Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Uh, Well, that's good. But the Father can only tell by what you do. And whether you are keeping his commandments, whether you are keeping his word. Love has to rule us. Remember this. Like I said, Jesus will take care of your, your needs if he's living in your home. He'll never live in a place... He never used anything without paying back. Remember the story where he was by the seashore and he needed a boat to preach from? He took Peter's boat, borrowed the boat, stayed on the boat, and preached to the people. He could have said, thank you, Peter, and that would have been it. But he didn't stop there. He says, Peter, he knew they had caught nothing all night long. And he was going to reward them. Why? For letting them use the boat. Now, if you let him live in your house, and he's, that's his address, he'll take care of you. He'll take care of your children. Jesus will unveil himself to you if love is what's ruling your life. Jesus will never unveil himself to anyone that is not walking in love. He will not reveal himself to you. He won't show you who the Father is. Now, think about this. The strength of your love for Jesus 
is what's going to determine whether or not he will unveil himself to you. God is a respecter of no one. You determine your place with him. John the apostle said of himself, the disciple whom Jesus loved. There was nothing secret between him and Jesus. Jesus will tell him. You notice that? When Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration, John was there. And the other two. And Peter really loved Jesus. He made a lot of mistakes, but from his heart, his heart was with Jesus. And Jesus knew it. At the the Lord's Supper, the disciple whom Jesus loved was very close to the Lord. Why? He called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, but because he truly loved Jesus with everything that he's got. And if you read the scriptures, John talked more about love than every other apostle. He knew the master. But even at that difficult time, when Jesus will unveil who will betray him, John had to know. He will unveil himself to you if you let love rule your heart. John 14 verse 21, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. I manifest myself to him. He who has my commandment, so you have to have his commandment, and you keep his commandment, he will reveal himself to you. How do we reside in God's love? John 15 verse 9 through 10 says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Now what Jesus is saying, make your home in my love. That's up to you. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. So loving Jesus means keeping his commandments. And what is Jesus' commandment? When Jesus speaks about my commandment, he's speaking about just this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Or love one another as I have loved you. There can be no room for hate or resentment in your heart. And he says, if you do that, then you will abide in his love. That means you will always be there in the love of Christ. Now, where this rules, quarreling will cease. Jealousies, bitterness, all of this will cease. It's an amazing thing in the church where, you know, people compete. You notice that? They jog for positions. 
they are bitter, they are easily offended. Then you wonder, is the love of Christ really ruling here? It's arrogance, it's pride. I'm not spe- I guess I'm speaking to the choir tonight. <laughs> but these are the things that you see in the church. Why do we have this? Because they are not abiding in his love. That's you, that's me. We need to abide in Christ's love. Stay there. Don't go out of it. Now, the temptation will always come to remove you away from that love. Things will come that will make you want to move and step out of love. Say something you shouldn't say. But if the love of Christ is in you, the Bible says the love of Christ constrains us. He stops us from doing that. It's easy to say, well, I'm just going to act and then ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I think that's the mistake. Every time you have to ask for forgiveness, you've moved several steps backward. And then you have to climb back up. And for some people, it might even take six months to get where you were before. This, we don't have what it takes to do these things. We really don't. It's only by the grace of God. And the grace of God is open to us. The Bible, First Peter, I mean Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 1, Paul, uh, Peter was praying that God's grace be multiplied. His peace and the love be multiplied. So the peace of God can be multiplied. The love of God uh, can multiply in our hearts. And we can abide in that love. And when, where that is, strife, quarreling, competition, jealousies, unforgiveness, bitterness, all of these things will not be. I said this on Sunday, I think the greatest thing to guard against as a Christian, bitterness. You know, bitterness is the key because once that comes in, every other thing can come in and it's so easy to be offended. So easy. You've been there and I've been there. You have to deal with it. It's a daily thing almost sometimes. For me, it's like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're happy, something happens, you're either sad or how do I deal with this now? Or you hear something that somebody said. You know, you have to make up your mind. The first thing is realize, like I said, everyone is not going to like you. So don't get bothered by it. When you hear something that is contrary, uh, it will bother you, but you need to deal with it and move on and forgive and pray and hope that what they are saying about you is not true. (laughs) So you don't fall into this ground of bitterness and unforgiveness. If you, somebody is really wanting power from God, this is where he's at. To love like Jesus loved. I said it here before. Abiding in his love. Um, you know, I have a hero. I have several of them. But T.L. Osborne is one of my heroes. And I love that man because he exudes the love of God. No wonder till up till now. 
He's still viable all over the world. They are still seeking for a man that is over 80 years old, probably older than Oral Roberts. He's still preaching all over the world. And people are still getting healed. He shakes now when he's talking. And he'll tell you, I'm an old man now. But the love of God in his heart. When he comes to the United States, preachers here, because he's always outside the U.S. preaching around the world. And when he comes back, he says the preachers will want to tell him how bad things are in the U.S. How lazy American Christians are. And all that. He says, I see beauty. I see vibrant church. He can't see what they're saying. He sees it from a different eye. He, 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 he can't criticize anyone. You know, I heard about, I don't know if you know of a minister named A. A. Allen. If you study healing ministry, you'll know about A. A. Allen. A. 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 Allen died. He was considered a drunk. He did a lot of healing and then all of a sudden he went down and was drinking. And most ministers didn't want anything to do with him. They wanted to stay away from his ministry. When he died, most of those people, his parents, they wouldn't go. Guess who was there in his bedroom? Tearless one was. He could care less what anyone says. See? That's why up to today, God is still using the man greatly. Because he has made up his mind. He will not step out of love, no matter what. No matter what. It's the greatest thing to have Jesus for you to know. If you make up your mind that, you know, the Bible tells us that Rehoboam sinned against God because he did not, he did what was evil in the sight of God because he did not prepare his heart to seek after the Lord. You have to prepare your heart. Don't wait until you get there. Make up your mind. I'm not going to allow myself to go into that route. And those things, as soon as you, you're determined to do that, Satan is going to, God is going to allow the, the trials to come to see what you will do. How you're going to handle it. You're going to be praying for those who say things against you or those who want to fire you from your job. And a job people are gossiping about you. What do you do? We are all human. It's easy. But if you have prepared your heart before, you can handle it. You know what it is. And you can walk through it. But this is the greatest. The love of God that constrains us. That puts us in the place where we should be. Whether to do or not to do. To say or not to say. Something. I'm reminded of what the Lord said about children. You know how children are? I put this, a little child shall lead them. A little child. A scripture, I've already scripture. A little child. You see, children don't hold crutches. You know what I mean? It's a real tough thing, and I see parents get involved with, with children's matters, you know, and uh, they tell their child, now this one has done this to you, please don't play with them or don't go to their home. Guess what? If mama is not looking, guess where the child is going? Back to the friend. <laughs> we should never teach our children things like that. 
you know, because they are so innocent. And that's why Jesus said, just be like children. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, it says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. I know we're thinking, when we read this scripture, I believe that's what it is. When Jesus comes back, right? (laughs) The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Uh, In the natural realm, that's going to be a real problem. A wolf cannot dwell with the lamb. A leopard shall lie down with the young goat. That's not going to happen in the natural. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And then what he says, a little child shall lead them. A little child shall lead them. Children can teach us a lot about loving and forgiveness and going, moving on and really wishing the other person the best. Love must rule the home. It reminds me of a, a story of a, a little boy. In their home, they lived, they allowed the period, uh, this particular period, they allowed love to rule. And he grew, he was growing up, never hearing any curse word in the home, no quarreling. In this home, according to that story, the love of Jesus was ruling that home. And he had never seen fighting at all between the parents. I like that to be the case in every home, certainly my home. We don't fight much. But when we were newly married, it was tough. <laughs> That's just the truth. Somebody asked me, said, Pastor, do you ever fight with your wife? I said, I have died and gone to heaven. <laughs> we quarrel. But this story said uh, that this kid has never heard that. No fighting in the home. I'm sure they disagreed, but he, they never quarreled around the kid. He, didn't, he had never heard any hard words spoken or mean words spoken from the father to the mother or the mother to the father. And then one week, a week came, he had to go to his uncle's place to live for that week. And he was happy to go to uncle and uncle's wife, you know. And then he got there. It wasn't too long before he heard these people fighting and using very hard words. And he was horrified. And after a while, he started crying. And the uncle said, son, what's happening? What's going on? And he said to the uncle, I thought you loved Auntie. And he says, I love, I love my wife. He says, you don't, not as Papa loved my mama. And the man turned to, the, to, the, uh, to his wife and said, we have a lot to learn. <laughs> a little child will lead them. Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 4, it says this, At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, 
and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we have to be converted and be as children. One thing that you know, notice about children, they don't question much. They trust you, the parents. You tell them something, they'll do it. They may not understand why, but they do it. Do we do that with the Lord when he tells us to love one another? That's his commandment, right? That's his commandment, simple. Love one another as I have loved you. He knew there would be differences. There will be uh, differences in opinions. Different feelings. Words spoken, but he still says you must love as... In other words, you take his place when it concerns love. You become Jesus when we're talking about love. You take his place. And to do that, we have to be converted and become as children and think. I think it was Paul that said, when it comes to malice... Be children. Right? When it comes to malice, behave like children. But when it comes to love, we really need to grow up in that. A lot of people want to be great in the kingdom of God. I certainly want to be in the kingdom of God now. Okay? (laughs) Everyone wants to be great in the kingdom of God. You want God to use you. The... Easiest way to get there is to determine to truly love. To love people and give yourself to love. Is it easy? It's never easy. It's never easy because you will always have. Now, please don't think I'm I'm not going through anything. Okay? (laughs) I'm not going through something I can't deal with. Like I have feelings. No, I'm just saying this is what I feel the Lord wanted me to speak tonight about loving one another and loving God with all our heart. Love made perfect. First John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And notice when he talks about as Jesus is, love is not absent from that. I can say, as he is, so am I in this world. Well, what about your love? Is, do you have the God kind of love? You're loving with the love of Jesus in your heart? You can only have boldness on the day of judgment before God. In other words, when you read that scripture, there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty. If you all have to die today, are you sure everything is well? Have you really walked in love? 
Are you sure it's going to be well with you? Remember what Jesus said. Many will come in that day saying, we have done this and that. He says, no, I never knew you. That prophecy is going to be fulfilled. There will will be people that actually think that they are going to get in because they've done certain things. For sure they've been in church. They've gone to Nigeria to preach the gospel. (laughs) But did they walk in love? What was the motivation behind it? You will only have boldness on that day if you have truly walked in love towards God and your fellow man. It says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You hear Christians, you know, a little bit afraid of this person or something. I don't want to let too much out because I'm afraid. Well, Joseph was not afraid. Was he? he? He told his brothers, even though he knew that they didn't like him. Right? Yeah. What was the end result? God promoted him. God protected him. Perfect love cast out all fear. To me, I see that in the life of Joseph so clearly. Because he, he, he had no concern. He had perfect love for God. He had perfect love for his brothers. So you can read the whole story. And you see the way he treated his brothers later. There's a lot to what Joseph did. If you read the, very la- the last part of the story of Joseph. You wonder what he was doing with his brothers. You know hiding their money in their bags. And demanding you must bring Benjamin to me. And putting Simeon in prison. He was after something. Uh, in my mind he wanted to see if his brothers had changed. They were not hateful anymore, and they would protect their younger brother. So he got a hold of Benjamin to see how they would react. And when they responded well, he said, well, now I'm Joseph. He was just proving them. What if God will prove you in the same way? How would you react? We must be our brother's keeper. Amen? Amen. We must be our brother's keepers. This is the only way God can walk through us. Remember the scripture that is uh, widely known all over the world. For God so loved the world that he gave. Love gives. The love of God will always give. Not hold him back. That doesn't mean you'll be stupid, fully just throwing things out, but you want to give. You want to give. Um, that's just the way God works through us. If we are walking in love, you cannot hold back. You want to give. And it's a joy in giving. But no bitterness. No bitterness. I keep saying this because it's so important. You cannot get bitter. 
you will only destroy yourself when you get bitter. And situations will come into your life that will want to make you get bitter. Hold things. And you're right to have it. To hold things because of what's been done to you. Before man, you're right. But before God, if you're a believer, you have no right. Not in that area. We must always forgive and let go. And uh, you cannot forget. How many of you have forgotten what people did wrong to you? You can't forget. If you say you have, you lied. <laughs> you, can't for, you can't forget. But when you have forgiven, you are able to look straight in the person's eyes to know what's, what's been done, and it doesn't bother you. Then you know you are forgiven. Then you know you are walking in Christ. But the key here is prepare your heart beforehand. And this is what you will do. Regardless of what happens, I am going to walk in love. Amen? Would you stand up with me tonight? If you love me, keep my commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Simply this. Love one another as I have loved you. That's all. It's not the feely type of love, you know, putting your hands around. and it, that's, that's good. That's part of it. But it's much more than that. It's more like wishing the other person the best in life. Not trying to hold them back. Promote the other guy. He who will be greatest among you must be the servant of all. You want to serve. You want to promote the other person. If they're happy, you're happy. Let's raise our hands up to the Lord tonight and ask. You already have the love of Christ living in you. You want to let it out. You want to let it out. You want to reach out. It's the same love that should drive us to go to Africa to preach the gospel so that we turn these people away from paganism to serving God and, and, and from the pains that are, they're going through in their lives to peace with God. And we are all involved in that. We want to reach out to those people. A word of prayer for those, if you really have concern in your heart, is the love of God being manifest in your life to reach out to those people. Father, we ask for your, your mercy and for your grace to be multiplied upon our lives. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask that you teach us to love just as Jesus loved. You have commanded us and you will not ask us to do anything that we are not able to do because of your spirit in our lives and Lord we love you and we love the brethren according to your word and we will in Jesus name walk in love we love you because you loved us first thank you father in Jesus name amen God bless you